when we make a poor forecast or Mother Nature decides to do something a little bit outside of what we expected, and you carry it with you until you get that next chance to make a forecast. But it is full commitment. Everyone that that makes a weather forecast, whether it's someone for the weather service whose name you don't know and you never Mm -hmm. see them on TV, to people that you do see on TV, you know, we want to be right all of the time. That's Fox 21 Chief Meteorologist Matt Meister taking us through why experts like him have to reach far and wide to put together a forecast that best serves Southern Colorado and School District 49. I'm D49's Director of Communications, David Nancaro. And in this episode of 49 Voices, CEO Peter Hiltz weighs in on why that matters to delivering top-notch education for all learners and what goes into announcing the two-word combo students love to hear, snow day. Let's get to it. You're listening to 49 Voices, a D49 podcast. Spend some time with us as we take an in-depth look at how our workforce, students, families, and community make D49 the best choice to learn, work, and lead. These are our stories of dedication, innovation, and inspiration as we deliver excellence in education. And now, your host, Peter Hiltz. Thanks very much for listening to the 49 Voices podcast. I'm Chief Executive Officer Peter Hiltz, and on this episode, we have Fox 21 Chief Meteorologist Matt Meister. Matt, as an old friend of District 49 and uh, our former Director of Communications, it's really exciting to have you back here. Um, We interrupted your run as the most beloved media personality, but it is great to have you back (laughs) on District 49 grounds and... um, You have been a long-term friend of the district, not just as an employee and as our our director of comms, but you've also been involved for a long time with the Falcon Educational Foundation. Mm -hmm. Would you tell us a little bit about why does the Educational Foundation mean so much to you and why why have you given it so much of your time? Yeah, sure. It is uh, good to be here. Good to see so many familiar faces coming back. And, um, you know, District 49 holds a special place in my heart, and it always will. Uh, my mom's an educator, so when I, you know, ch- chose to join the team uh, as a director of communications, it was something that was easy for me to get behind. And I just fell in love with the district and its mission and its approach. And so as I returned to television, I wanted to still support District 49 in all of its employees and students. And so as a board member of the Falcon Education Foundation, I get to do that. Um, It is a group of all volunteers, um, community-led volunteers that try to raise funds and support for the district to really fund some unique programs that really one of the things we do is it's a mini grant program and it funds some unique and fun ideas that teachers have for learning that aren't able to be funded Mm -hmm. through the traditional means. And so we raise funds to do that. We also uh, raise funds to provide scholarships for graduating seniors and uh, just look for other ways that we can help um, support the employees and teachers of the district where and when that's appropriate. It's been an awesome program because there are a lot of things that we do now at scale that started out as single teacher, single classroom mini grant projects. Yeah. And they proved themselves. They were so compelling uh, that we decided to scale it up and and invest more resources. So uh, the Falcon Educational Foundation has been a, a, a fantastic contributor to what makes District 49 the best choice to learn, work, and lead. And one of the areas that um, we have worked really hard to lead, especially over the last 10 years or so, is in the area of anticipating and communicating about severe weather Mm -hmm. in our region. 
And I know this winter has already given us a couple of doses of severe weather. And I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about why meteorology in the Pikes Peak region is such a complicated set of variables. Well, we decided to put a big city on the side of a 14,000-foot mountain, um, which makes Mm -hmm. for uh, very interesting weather, not just to forecast, but to try to communicate. And then we put a significant hill uh, uh, kind of running off of the side of that mountain that we mm-hmm. call the Palmer Divide that separates the South Platte River Basin coming out of Denver from the Arkansas River Basin. And so when we all live on these big terrain features that produce significant changes in weather over short distances um, in drives that we would have to work or school, it, it really creates some challenges for logistically getting workers and students to and from school and uh, people just kind of on short drives to run errands in, a, in daily life. And so District 49 in particular, being that it's such a long district north to south, is situated on that hill that I talked about and then drops a significant amount on the south end of the district. And so, you know, people are experiencing different things. Mm-hmm. Um, as district leaders, you have to make decisions trying to encompass everyone when some parts of the district really have some adverse and dangerous weather while other parts don't. And um, I don't envy the decisions that you right. have to make still. And some some days I'm like, ooh, that's a tough one. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Matt, before we worked together, um, I remember being impressed by your local knowledge when you were uh, one of the one of the field reporters, really the anchor of, of the broadcasting during the Black Forest Fire. Mm. And uh, you were able to pinpoint what locality you were seeing uh, where a particular uh, part of the fire was was breaking out. Mm-hmm. And it was that local knowledge that I really appreciated. I know it's it's part of what has shown your commitment to this community. We do have 133 square miles in District 49. We go, f- we have a 2,000 foot elevation mm-hmm. gradient. Mm-hmm. So as you're thinking about our circumstances, what are some of the things that you would expect us to really pay attention to as we're making weather decisions? Sure. Well, I mean, you have to factor in the terrain on that high end in particular, because that oftentimes is where the most challenging um, travel conditions and just, you know, safety conditions from a weather perspective when you talk temperature and and a wind combination are going to be. And that's also one of your more rural areas, uh, kind of off mm, to, the, yep. to the west and to the north of Falcon High School. And there can be blowing and drifting snow in that area and whiteout conditions that make it dangerous for a passenger vehicle to travel, but next to impossible at times for a bus to travel. And so when a third of your district is served in that area um, and travel may not be advised, that drives a lot of the decisions when, in contrast, on the south third of the district, people may have blue sky, frankly, and mm-hmm. have not seen a snowflake and are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, and, and given the you know transient nature of the community and the district you serve with the military, um, having you know 15 to 20 percent of the district be new students on a given year, you, you almost have to start from scratch every year telling that story and explaining that because – People just don't understand how different it can be from the north end to the south end. And I think that puts a premium on great communication. 
um, one of the forms of communication that I know we both get is is people that start lobbying us for weather information and, <laughs> and weather calls. Yes. Um, tell us about some of the some of the solicitations that you receive trying to get you to influence us to call a snow day. Yeah, I think um, well, one of the best stories actually is when I was here uh, working um, as the director of communication. I remember a student one night. It started snowing, and I think it was on Twitter, um, tossed some, I think it was a couple watches and, and maybe a, a gold chain out yep, on their yep. driveway and said, oh, Burr, it's getting icy out here. <laughs> you know. And I think uh, tagged both of us in that, and that, that was pretty on the creative end for sure. Um, but, you know, students, students get creative, and they get pretty persistent. And they will say, hey, I can't, I can't see the end of my driveway. And they'll start mm-hmm. giving you field reports, right? right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're looking at radar and uh, I'm pretty sure it's not even snowing at that kid's <laughs> house yet. But they're, you know, trying to lead you where they want you to go for sure. Um, no kid has ever been upset about having a snow day. That's I right. Think. So, you know, they, they do they have a little bit of fun with it as well, which we always appreciate. And how about some of their uh, tried and true methodology to ensure that we get a snow day? What are some of the what are some of the tricks of the trade that you've heard students might try? Oh, I mean, they, they go out and measure um, mm-hmm. not well. Try to give you, again, that field report of, right, of how right. much they've had. Um, they'll say, hey, I had to take my, my mom to work and I slid all over the place. They'll yep. just give you reports of I don't I don't feel safe. Um, you know, so they they know the words to use. Right. They know what yes. what you guys are looking for. What are some of the triggers for having to make those calls? And so, again, it, it will show that a, a student, especially a secondary student, can be quite persuasive on social and creative. Media. Yes. I yes. recall a student. His name was John Snow. This is on public <laughs> Twitter. And he laid down in his driveway and had someone take yes. a picture and said, there's too much snow <laughs> out today. Yes. So <laughs> we should uh, we should call it for that. And I'm uh, sure all over it. all over the region, we've got people wearing their pajamas inside oh, out yeah, and flushing ice cubes yeah, and every other course, thing they can course. they can think of. Um, <laughs> now, as we look uh, as we look past some of those inputs. Um, What do you expect for the rest of this winter season? Well, you know, I think as we get into the back end of it, um, well, actually, I think we're going to get a dry period here back end of December um, into January and early February, which is typically the driest part of winter anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does look like we'll dry out a little bit. And then it might get kind of interesting into March and April because there are some signs that will transition out of the three-year La Nina pattern that we've had, um, which usually along the front range isn't overly favorable for snow for us. And maybe start to to move toward an El Nino, which is kind of interesting given that, you know, March and April are are snowiest months. And Mm -hmm. when you have the potential... As the atmosphere starts to warm up a little bit to get those really moisture-laden late-season storms. Um, And even one of those can go a long way in terms of helping with water and drought conditions, but – you know, which we certainly need still mm. here in Southern Colorado. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think as we get back for the start of the s- spring semester, expect it to be relatively boring. That doesn't mean that a little system can't cause a two-hour mm-hmm. delay or a snow day. Um, but then, you know, always keep your eye out for those those March and April storms. Yep. The big movers, we, we expect to see a couple of them. Mm-hmm. As a region with a lot of school districts, yeah. uh, I'm on a, a text group with several of the other area superintendents, and, and we all have different conditions. So take what you said about District 49 and multiply it by 12 different area districts. We've got some downslope districts right on the edge, and we've got some folks that are a little further south or a little mm-hmm. further out to the east. 
As a meteorologist, how do you serve this community of decision makers well and provide the information that we all need right. to make great real-time decisions? Well, that's hard on TV, next to impossible on TV, to be honest with you. You know, you get these three-minute, four minutes on a busy day mm -hmm. um, opportunity to not just cover where the population center is, but we have to cover 40% of the state for the next seven to 10 days. Wow. It's impossible. So social media has been a help with that. Um, and really the ability to answer specific questions from people. Um, our website is a place where we expand. And so we try to, you know, those microclimates that exist mm -hmm. in those storms, try to really address that stuff on the platforms where we're able to and it's appropriate to do so. But you also try to, in those areas, um, highlight the aspects of the weather that are going to provide the most significant impact mm -hmm. for the most amount of people. Um, as specifically as you can, while at the same time, knowing that our science is inexact and there's always a component of the forecast that has some unknowns or uh, maybe a little bit more in the way of uncertainty. And I, sometimes the, the best information we can provide is what we are uncertain about and how that part of the forecast may play out. So for, as an example, we may know that it's going to snow and we may be pretty confident that it's going to start snowing, you know, within an hour or two of a certain time and we'll probably stop snowing at a certain period of time. But we may be unsure about how much snow is going to stick. And that could be for a number of reasons. Maybe it was warm before the storm came in and the ground is warm. Maybe it's not an overly cold storm. And so you'll have some melting mm, as it yep. falls. There'll be some compacting as it falls. And we may not be sure how the roads are going to hold that snow, which really for a school district, when you're talking buses or how long is it going to take to prep sidewalks and that sort of thing on the school grounds is really important information. Right. Um, and sometimes that's the biggest part of the unknown is what are the roads going to do with the snow? I actually think some of your most accurate forecasts are the ones that forecast uncertainty. And mm -hmm. where we see, oh, it, it could have been within this range or within this time span. And then it turns out you're right. Depending on which part of the region you're in, mm -hmm. it came in a little heavier. It came in a little earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and so, as you know, I've made some bad calls, at least calls that looked bad in hindsight. And all of us who are making these weather decisions for school districts in the area and for other businesses and, and bases, sure. um, all of us are having to make – we're having to be decisive with uncertain information. Absolutely. So thinking as the communications and media professional that you are, how would you counsel those of us that are decision makers? What, what things would you want us to focus on? What, what principles of decision making would you want us to apply? Man, that is a that is a really difficult, complex question. And hopefully, at least in having this discussion, we can bring people behind the curtain a little bit and and walk them into how difficult that decision making process is for you guys. Because you could take one approach and you could say, if there was more than a sort of small amount of of danger or risk that was present, we are going to take that risk to zero by not having school, right? Mm -hmm. And you would hardly ever have school because you have, even if it snows a little bit, you have people that have just moved here from places like Florida mm -hmm. or Arizona where yeah. snow is not in the vocabulary. You have families 
that may not be able to adequately dress their children for cold conditions. Mm. Um, you have vehicles that may not be prepared uh, with condition of their tires right. to drive in any amount of snow. And, and so if, if that was it, that's an approach you could take, mm-hmm. but you would never have school. And then you'd still be in school in early August when it was time to go back to school. <laughs> right. And, and obviously that doesn't work. So it's this balancing act. Right. And obviously, uh, knowing you and having worked with you, you're not going to put children and students and staff at significant risk. But there is a level of risk that has to be tolerable because of where we do live and we do have winter weather. And so it's a balance act of temperature. It's a balance act of wind's impact on Mm -hmm. temperature and this, this exposed skin that we have. And then road conditions over what part of the area, like percentage of the district is dealing with that. You expect people on the north end to be more familiar with having to drive in some winter conditions than people on the south end in town maybe. And so there's no clear-cut answer, as you know. And I don't know if that really answered your question, but it starts to at least, I think, illuminate what some of those issues are. And our purpose here on, on D49 Voices is really, as you said, to give people a look behind the curtain and to, to help people understand some of the ins and outs and the insides of mm-hmm. what we're dealing with in the various roles. And I know that the the superintendents and other school leaders, we, we form a small community and, and see each other and communicate with each other. I'm sure that's true with your weather team at Absolutely. Fox 21. I'm sure it's, it's true among even your competitors mm-hmm. in the media market. What would you like our listeners to know about the commitment level that you see out of meteorologists, especially in such a complex weather environment? Yeah. I don't think the average person has any idea. I mean, it's all in. It is all mm-hmm. it is all yeah. in. You take the fact that someone chooses to come to you or your team for information to plan their life. That's not something that any of us take lightly. And So we want to do the best job possible. So that means if you forecasted snow to start at 2 in the morning, you're getting up at 1.55 to look at radar, maybe on your phone in your bed or look out the window. Is this thing playing out the way that I expect it to? And if it is great and you can go back to bed and if it's not, then it's, oh, no, what's going wrong? Like how wrong is this going to be or is – I mean, it just eats at you. It it literally eats at you. And we when we make a poor forecast or Mother Nature decides to do something a mm, little bit yeah. outside of what we expected, and you carry it with you until you get that next chance to make a forecast. It It's really akin to a relief pitcher in baseball. If you give up a home run to lose a game in the bottom of the ninth inning the night before, that eats away at you until you're up on the mound the next day or maybe in a couple days with that chance again and you get to redeem yourself. Um, but it is, it is full commitment. Um, uh, everyone that, that makes a weather forecast, whether it's someone for the weather service whose name you don't know mm-hmm. and you never see them on TV, to people that you do see on TV, um, you know, we want to be right all of the time. We do, absolutely. And this is one of the reasons I appreciate you and, and your colleagues so much is you do care. This is a complex community with bases and transportation hubs mm-hmm. in all of our school districts. And so your 
your communication is is very consequential. So we appreciate the chance to listen and learn a little bit more from you. Um, I encourage our, our folks to make sure you're following Matt. Uh, check in with him and Mike Moisture and track the <laughs> Squatch and see what the team is saying because uh, these folks that have lived here, that have made their life here, that have children in our schools and on our roads, they care deeply about our conditions. And so we appreciate you coming and sitting down with us and sharing for our listeners what that's like because we absolutely partner with our local meteorologists and we appreciate everything you've done. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I, I would like to say one thing to to everybody and uh, in, in flip the script a little bit. You guys work really hard at making the safest, best decision that you can for students and staff. And I don't envy that decision that you guys have to make. I mean, the easy calls are the big, large storms. The hard ones are the ones where meteorologically they're not all that exciting. Mm-hmm. It's a half inch of snow that you don't know if the road is going to freeze or not. But, man, when it does freeze, that's those are some of the worst commutes. That's and those right. are the hardest calls for you to make, and I know you know that. And the ones that you end up getting roasted for – the most, but they are the ones that have the highest amount of uncertainty going into the event. Oftentimes, is yeah. is it going to flash freeze or not? And just the the brutal answer is sometimes we do not know until it happens. And sometimes what road crews do can impact True that. Story. I remember driving out to the central office of District 49 from my home in Rockrim and had a straight shot out Woodman Road. And the road was fine. It was like four in the morning and we were having one of those where we're going to have to do a two-hour delay sort of thing. And I was following an El Paso County plow. The road was fine, except right behind the plow as it had moved that top layer of snow, it was instantly freezing behind the plow. And I was like, man, this would be better if this plow had never gone through this road. Right. And I mean, are you supposed to factor that in? I don't, you know, I don't know. So anyways, kudos to you. I know you and your team in, in the operations department take everything very seriously, like I said, and, and and I don't envy your job. So I appreciate that. Folks, it's been a great time to visit with Matt Meister, a friend of District 49 and a friend of the Pikes Peak region. We appreciate your service and we look forward to seeing you as soon as another storm rolls in. Uh, as a weather pitcher, we hope you keep firing because we've appreciated what you've got to deliver. <laughs> well, I, I will. You know, short-term memory sometimes is very beneficial <laughs> as a right. weather forecaster around here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for listening to the 49 Voices podcast. Always remember District 49 is the best choice to learn, work, and lead. We're the home of more than 30 distinct campuses where we launch every student to success in safe and welcoming learning environments. Wherever you want to go, D49 is a great place to start. If you'd like to learn more or if you missed one of our podcasts, you can find us at d49.org. Just look for podcasts there. And if you have any ideas that you would like to hear, email those to us at info at d49.org. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time on 49 Voices.